0: Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd's, An Australian podcast on your favourite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com
1: Welcome to Podme if you can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Chuck, from 2016, a.k.a. The Bleeder, starring Liev Schrieber, as well as Elizabeth Moss and Naomi Watts. We've seen the film, it's a drama inspired by the life of heavyweight boxer Chuck Wepner, who's the real life uh, basis of Rocky, uh, the Stallone film, and uh, we've checked it out. And if you want to check it out too, it's available now on Amazon, on iTunes. You can find a copy and uh, check it out before listening to this podcast because we will be discussing it with spoilers in mind. Now, Lloyd, you're a big boxing fan. First of all, had you heard of Chuck Wepner before this film?
0: Yeah, I've only ever seen highlight little videos of the famous incident where Ali was knocked down by this 40-to-1 underdog and he thought, oh my gosh, I'm the heavyweight champion of the world and then Ali coming back and then, you know, firing on all cylinders and and eventually knocking him out in the 15th round. But how close that guy was to to just lasting 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. Yeah, it was
1: 19 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, just so unfortunate things like that happen. But the ref is there to protect them from getting permanent damage, that's for sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, post um, Creed, which is the seventh movie in the uh, Rocky franchise, we've had these run of boxing films... Uh, notably Hands of Stone with Robert De Niro, which is based on Roberto Duran, Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal, um, and Bleed for this, uh, the guy who was in Fantastic Four.
1: (laughs) Is that Miles
0: Teller? That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, I haven't seen any of those movies, but I really do want to see them. Uh, and, you know, boxing movies have always been a great source for drama. In um, it's, it's given a few actors their Academy Award wins and nominations. Uh, it's a sport that's really big in American history with great stories to draw from. And in this case... Um, you know, it's about Chuck. <laughs> uh, it's about the guy who inspired the Rocky movie. Rocky, of course, is one of the great uh, franchises in, ci- uh, in cinema. And I think many people um, think that Rocky was inspired by the boxer Rocky Marciano, the undefeated heavyweight champion. And I know I thought that initially when I was a kid, I, I didn't know who Chuck Webner was or anything like that. For the boxing world, Chuck Weppner's biggest claim to fame was knocking down the great Muhammad Ali, and I think Pooch Hall does a really good um, Muhammad Ali here. I think um, uh, this is an Ali that was 1975 Ali. He was heading amazingly into the third chapter of his career so he didn't have the foot speed or reflexes that gave him the championship in 64 but it's an Ali with a lot of ring craft and enough speed and accuracy to to really beat down an opponent and Chuck Weppner is a brawler like a big guy with immense toughness, like he's six foot four. He went ten rounds with Sonny Liston, but he and he only um, went out because his his eye got cut. And the ref asked him how many fingers am I holding up, and he goes, "Oh, how, how many guesses do I get?" And the ref said, "That's it, you're out." <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I can't believe that. I eh? uh, I guess that's that's why they call him the bleeder. And and yeah. there's um he lost to uh, to a very young George Foreman. Um, in the early rounds and that was again due to a cut and it was interesting watching this film he he was going to get a shot at George Foreman if George Foreman had beat Ali in the infamous or the famous uh, rumble in the jungle I think George Foreman would have killed this guy you know (laughs) like are you you kidding me for you want to go up against George Foreman that guy's a killer you know Um, I think sheer toughness and a sheer brutal toughness will get you far in combat sports, but it won't get you a championship belt unless you got that Marciano knockout power to compensate for the lack of skill. And uh, I thought the choreography in the boxing fight really clearly shows how Chuck is completely getting outclassed by Ali. Like, he's he's got that desperate sort of swinging punches and he finally, he actually knocks down Ali, which is debatable. He might have been stepping on his foot. Um, but it tells you... It, it, the the choreography was really great in telling you that Chuck is a slugger. And his real weapon is to take a lot of damage and keep coming forward. Um, I, I, I've seen the actual fight. It's very hard to watch, it, especially during the days of 15 rounds. Now they do 12 rounds in boxing. Back then they did 15 rounds. And seeing a guy take that much damage from Muhammad Ali, like one of the greatest fighters of all time, is is really tough to watch. You're just like, oh my gosh, a guy's going to get brain damage. You know, uh, recently we saw... Uh, Floyd Mayweather beating down an exhausted Conor McGregor in the 10th round and the ref saved him from hitting the floor. Like nowadays, refs are really early to jump in. Uh, Like they don't want to see a guy getting damaged, which, you know, is a bit of a loss as a spectacle, but I guess it can save or prolong a fighter's life. But um, I thought the most interesting thing about this film, Chuck, is that they put the Ali fight in the first act of the film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it isn't a story about a guy trying to show that he's worthy enough to stay in there with a great fighter because they've done that with um, Rocky. This Mm. is a story about a man's insecurity, someone who loses or maybe also rejects the family and embraces fame to compensate for that emptiness. I feel like that emptiness inside, he wants to fill it with, oh, look how much the fans love me and and stuff like that. And it rounds out nicely with Chuck finding some sense of redemption at the end. And it's also, if you think about it, a very positive story about the correctional facility system that going to prison made Chuck look inwards and find himself again and i think he became a, a a better person for it
1: that's interesting like um the fame is what he wants and desires but obviously at the beginning of this film he's known he's a known boxer he's um the bleeder and he gets that shot at muhammad ali and then as he's in the lead up to the match he has fame he finally gets that opportunity to train in a you know a gym full time and like prepare himself properly for the fight and then because he was so close to winning or Or, you know going going 15 rounds yeah yeah, I should say it's it plays on that I was almost the heavyweight champion in the world I kept watching this as like the unluckiest boxer ever kind of thing (laughs) you know because it's a real almost what could have been type story Um, and you feel sort of sorry for him but then he keeps making decisions where you're like well You know, you're uh, off cheating on your wife, you know, trying to find um, someone else. And then, you know, to the point where at the end he's dealing drugs and uh, gets arrested. One of the biggest decisions, like, that he makes along the way is where his friend says to him, you want to do some lines, like, of the Rocky script, you know, Rocky 2, and he wants to... Stallone wants to give him a part And he goes, yeah, let's do some lines, and he rolls up some lines of cocaine, (laughs) and he doesn't prepare at all for the part, which obviously is why he doesn't get the part. And as Stallone says in that scene, you know, he goes, I want you in this movie, you know, go wash your face, come back, we'll do it again, sort of thing. He gets every opportunity, you know.
0: How good Um, was that scene? It was great it, wasn't that terrific like I love the actor was it Morgan Spector is that how to pronounce his name gosh damn he got the voice done so well but it's interesting we actually see the Rocky movie Rocky and then we yep. see the actor who's playing Sylvester Stallone you know and it's like oh they don't look you know <laughs> but you believe it because of the guy's voice and like obviously it's You know, they're telling you that's Sylvester Stallone. I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, But I just love it how you could see how much he wants him to get it. Yep. And you're like, uh, go 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 back into that um, bathroom, learn your lines, and come back. And he tries, he really tries, but he just can't do it. You know, any other film, they would have wanted him to. You know, they would, uh, a producer would have wanted him to make it. You know, to to find redemption that way, to meet back with his ex wife and find, you know, his daughter again. But that's why, I I I love drama where the filmmaker tries their best not to put their opinion on what happened and just tries to tell you, or just tries to show you what's happening. And um, I I really like that rawness. It might not come out as a great story, but it's just something human because it's real. And I think it's, it's really hard for us to wrap our heads around it because we're not great athletes or anything. We've never hit the highs of highs and then go immediately down to the lows of lows. But we're seeing that in Australia a lot because we in Australia we love our sports, but there's nothing in place for life after sports to get a regular mm-hmm. job and so forth. And we're seeing a destruction. It'd be really interesting if somebody made a a documentary on it or something. But that that swimmer, it's not Michael Klim, It's um
1: oh jesus you're thinking of Grant Hackett. Grant
0: Hackett, my gosh, uh, yeah, Grant Hackett. We're seeing his. Destruction really come to the forefront. It's, it's really tough for a lot of athletes post that life. And, like, we get the sense of Chuck Wepner. He's a really good guy, but he's just been hit with fame and he loves it and he just doesn't know how to deal with it. And what life is there after you've... You know, and it's a really interesting situation. This is the guy that inspired Rocky. Like, what do you do with your life afterwards? Like, there's a guy who's playing you. He's getting all the fame, but you're sort of having to deal with obscurity and um mediocrity and it's a hard it must be a very difficult thing to accept and maybe they fi- they fill that emptiness with drugs what he should have done and i think that's what the film is about is embrace family because family is really will always be there for you and it's really sad and a great scene where Michael Rappaport's his brother and he's just yeah. like what are you doing here oh you know Rocky won the academy award and he's like so oh rocky's based on me and he's like oh okay you know the brother just doesn't quite get it or maybe he's putting that on because you find out later he's been keeping newspaper clippings of everything about his brother but that was really tough when he goes oh what's what's um the son's name again he doesn't even know his nephew's um name You know, it's so sad. And then his brother having to bail him out of court. His brother, by the way, is played by Michael Rappaport. I think he's fantastic. He can either really blow a movie because he takes you out of it or he does really well. Usually I think he does really well.
1: (laughs) I think it depends on the dialect because he's a really good actor when he's from Boston or New York.
0: 100%.
1: I think uh, you make him a Californian and maybe he doesn't do it so well. I like him in um, Men of Honor, the Cooper Gooding Jr. movie uh for me him watching the oscars when rocky wins best picture and going like oh my gosh like and being excited but alone in a room really says a lot um and like you say the family thing is really important his his wife phyllis like he's a romantic he's writing her notes he's you know trying to woo her and like uh she's played by elizabeth moss who really like she just took an emmy for um The Handmaid's Tale, but everything she does is very quality. Like, she was great in Mad Men as Peggy Olson. My wife and I have been watching Top of the Lake, which she's very good in as well. Like, uh, there's another film she did with Mark Duplass, and it's something like The One That I Love, I think it's called. Love that movie. It's fantastic. And I love the ending, and I won't tell you anything else about it. Uh, But Elizabeth Moss she picks quality films and TV shows to be a part of. So her being in this uh, really says a lot about it and the calibre of film it can be. I wondered, though, you know, this has all the ingredients to be like Oscar bait. You know, he's playing a real person, Chuck Weppner You know, he he does a very good job at Leave Schrieber. And it's kind of got that gritty authenticity because you're seeing, like, the historical... Um, you know, footage, uh, real footage and like of the time and it's a period piece. There's a lot going for this, but I'd never heard of it before you suggested it as something we should do on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I I, I think this is a very good... Um, small film here. This is a very, and it's just refreshing to see a a movie that isn't all special effects and everything like that. Like you know, you know what I mean. Just a really good character driven movie. But there are massive flaws in this film, and I want to. My biggest complaint is how late they bring Linda, who's played by Naomi Watts, who seems yeah. like such an important person to Chuck's life. Like we actually see them, the actual Chuck Webner. And Linda walking on the, you know, very beautiful shot where they're walking on the, um, the docks. <laughs> is it, um, you, you know, together? And it's just like, okay, that person is obviously really important. They bailed him out of, he, she bailed him out of prison, got him together with the brother. Oh, sorry, the brother bailed him out of prison, but she made the phone call to the brother, and everything like that. Wouldn't it have been better for that relationship to have been built from the get-go? Like yeah. ma- maybe she's just a friend. He, he, she, he, he always. Confides in her every time he goes to the bar when he's down, or on his luck or something. Just, you just got to build that relationship a bit more if you're gonna, if you want to pile on how important she is in the third act of this movie because she comes along too late, and I don't know if if the relationship between Naomi Watts and Leave Shriver affected the editing of this movie. I don't think it did. I think they're both incredibly professional actors, but to cast somebody as good as Naomi Watts and to have a character like Linda that's so important to Chuck Webner, why is she only being introduced in the third act? That's the biggest flaw with this movie for me.
1: It felt like an afterthought to me, and uh, obviously it really happened, and he does end up with Linda at the end, but it felt like an effort to give him a happier ending and you know they have him get out of jail and meet up with her and obviously there is a transition at the end of the film where we see the real chuck Weppner and his wife linda and i don't know i felt maybe if you didn't introduce her at all you could have had an optimistic ending at the end where he he's still in prison but he doesn't want to see Stallone. Yeah, because yeah. Stallone's like in, in, yeah. Stallone's in prison, and he comes there to do Cop Out or, or like uh, it Jailbreak. Was,
0: oh, damn it! I, I'm gonna have to look that movie up.
1: You look it up. I'll talk.
0: <laughs> it's one, I love uh, that movie as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Stallone um, is in prison, shooting a prison movie. It's implied a little bit too that he it's is
0: Lockup, and I was I was thinking of um, Daylight for some reason, but oh. I think the movie he was making was
1: Lockup. Ah, uh, cool, lock-up. So it's implied a little bit too that Stallone has been watching Chuck, Chuck Webner's life and as it's unfolded, he's had ideas. So, like, he had the idea of Rocky based on Chuck Webner, and famously Stallone wrote that screenplay in, like, less than 30 days. I can't remember what it is, that's 20 in, days. That's incredible. Yeah. No matter too how many, many times 18. I hear it. <laughs> and uh, obviously won the Oscar Best Picture and so on and so on. But, um... You've got to imagine the script for Rocky is heavily boxing, too. There's, like, a lot of action written on the page. But you could have ended it with him in prison, and Stallone wants to see you, and he, like, walks away and rejects that world. And it sort of shows his priorities a bit better. Yeah. Um,
0: Which can be embodied in the letter writing.
1: Right. And at the end, like, text on the screen could say, when he got out of prison, he... Um, you know, reconciled with his daughter and became amicable with his ex-wife, Phyllis.
0: Yeah, I like it, Dave, yeah.
1: you You don't even really have to focus on Linda, who doesn't add much. Like, the fact that she helped get the brother there to bail him out is not important, and you don't have to have him leaving prison. He does his time, and he changes as a person because of it. And like you say, it does sort of say something about the correctional facilities and... Yeah, I mean, I think the ending was wrong. I think the end point of this film was wrong.
0: Um, I do like it how we do see Chuck Weppner, the actual Chuck, Chuck Wepner at the end of the film. It's a similar strategy we've seen recently in films such as Snowden, Hacksaw Ridge, and of course Rush. Um, I think it's a great technique because it feels like the real-life person gave their blessing to the film's content. So, you, you know, although we're seeing extreme drug use and... Um, you know how he treats his wife is, and and his daughter for that matter is very poor, but it's just like oh, okay if he's if if he's giving his stamp of approval in this film that's very honest of him uh, to to do that. And I, I, I again I just want to emphasize I really like that technique where you got the actual person at the end of the film. They kind of did that with Tupac, the um all eyes on me. All movie. eyes on me, and <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That Tupac obviously isn't alive. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean the thing is you could have achieved the same thing here with just a picture of him on the screen Uh, i'm not sure that you needed to show him actually walking with his wife um i'm not sure how much it added but uh i I agree it it does lend credibility and obviously the real chuck Webner uh is a big active force in boxing now isn't he he goes to meets and you know is a presence The, the fans pose with him and uh you know, he's still a big boxing fan. Yeah, so his he's still, 15
0: minutes keeps getting extended, eh?
1: <laughs> which, I mean, is good because back in the day, obviously he needed to, like, sell alcohol and stuff as well as box. It wasn't a full-time career, much like AFL players and, you know, people still needed a, a real job and sport wasn't considered a full-time job. Look at, you brought it up earlier, but look at Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, how much money they're getting, just a box.
0: It's a different world now. They used to fight so much more back in the day, Um, but ever since television or cable came in, uh, we're talking, I don't want to say television, ever since cable came in, where you have what's called pay-per-views, where you have to, on top of the cable, you have to pay to actually view the event um it takes about 6 months to build that up to promote it and everything like that and two guys wearing pieces of leather around their fist and fighting each other it is earns so much money for the world like when pacquiao fought mayweather in 2015 i think it was um in las vegas it generated nearly a billion dollars revenue for the for las vegas You know, it's insane, like, how much fighters can make nowadays. It's just something about fighting a narrative that captures the world's imagination. And, um, yeah, like, uh, you're right. It's a completely different world now. Like, uh, only 2% of boxers make their living off boxing. Most, if you're going to box, you're going to have to still keep your day job, you know, and try as best as you can to train uh, as much as possible if you're lucky you might get a sponsor but only 2% of boxers make their living actually off boxing so those Manny Pacquiao's and um uh Conor McGregor's and Floyd Mayweather's are very very rare
1: yeah that's right speaking of boxing you know I know you you're a big boxing fan I admit I am not I do tune in for the bigger events and uh occasional UFCs and things like that but uh I still enjoy the uh you know if you guys listen to our warrior podcast um, the Tom Hardy that was an awesome movie movie. (laughs) yeah I mean we talk heavily about uh, you know our interests and how I'm more into I suppose the WWE yeah WrestleMania is great it's fantastic yeah look Storylines is what gets it for me. It's exactly. not so much the physicality.
0: Interesting that you should bring that up because UFC borrowed heavily from WWE. Everything, how they promoted, how they, like they they didn't go as far as you know how fireworks and pyrotechnics play a huge part of wrestling. Yeah, how fighters yep. come in. That's the only part where where um they didn't adopt it, but all the pre-fight narratives and everything all came from WWE. Because UFC rose, boxing changed their game. Now boxing, you get all the pre-fight videos and how they, you know, all the the press conferences and everything like that. What I don't like, um, it, it's really the Muhammad Ali factor is the trash talking. Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali introduced psyops, like he would trash talk to bring their to, to cause their opponent to get really angry and abandon their game plan to attack him aggressively. And Muhammad Ali's strategy was always to counterfight. So if you attack him, you're playing into his game. But that builds a lot of hype, you know. If somebody's trash talking, everyone tunes in because they want to see the trash talker get a, a destroyed. They call that in wrestling the heel. Mm-hmm. Babyface is the good guy, heel is the bad guy, and the heels is is what it's all about. And my and Floyd Mayweather, the greatest. Probably sports businessman of all time. I could get into it, but I won't. But he adopted that heel. He became the guy that flaunted. I'm a, look at me. I got hundreds of millions of dollars. No one can touch me. Not a very exciting boxing style. He's incredible. He's incredible boxer, but not as a spectacle. Not as great as say someone like Manny Pacquiao. But everyone tuned in because they wanted to see him lose. And WrestleMania is the master of that, where they would, you know, he, he, here's the villain, here's the good guy. Is Brock Lesnar a heel in WrestleMania?
1: Yeah, he um, he doesn't speak. He's currently the like champion in wrestling, and there are two champions, but he's one of them. The other one is an Indian, and that's because WWE is expanding its uh, demographic.
0: Oh, wow. But,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Brock Lesnar... Basically, never speaks. He's just a big tough guy, and Paul Heyman, this guy in a hat who used to have a ponytail and uh, is like a balding, uh, he he used to be like a uh, a promoter for a different brand uh, that was a competitor for Vince McMahon, but Vince McMahon kind of absorbed him and uh, their brand and lots of their wrestlers uh, well, years ago. So he's a big mouthpiece. He talks for Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and ta- talks him up, and like. He's like, he's the beast, he's going to destroy you and stuff. So Brock Lesnar, I don't know, he's not um, vocal, but he's just like a big, tough, bad guy, basically, yeah. I think that he's not as much a heel as they're playing on the fact that he was in UFC. Yeah, yeah. And that he has this skill.
0: Yeah, he's much. legit. If you, always, legit. yeah, combat sports people always tease WrestleMania, but I'm sorry, guys, if you study the history of combat sport, sports, wrestling and boxing are very intertwined. They're they're brothers or they're cousins. They're always together. You know what I mean? Like they're the if you discuss, you can't discuss one without discussing the other. They're intertwined as much as the fans are completely separate. The, the sport itself, uh, uh, you know, of the same coin, of the same flesh and blood.
1: So here in The Bleeder, or uh, Chuck, as it's been um, retitled, uh, how did you find the on-screen boxing?
0: Oh, it was fantastic. I thought, I thought it was really good. Um, it, it, it They don't show too many fights. Like the actual fight, you actually see the rumble in the jungle playing on the big screen when they watch it. But when he actually fights Ali... Um, the, what's clear about that is the choreography. What is the choreographer telling you? And he's telling, uh, the choreographer is telling you, okay, Chuck Webner, he's, he's not as skilled as Muhammad Ali, but he can take a lot of damage and keep coming forward. That was very clear. And I love the breathing sound and everything like that. The exhaustion that was coming into play and how Chuck um was just barely able to stand in the last round. Um, was was great. And um, Ali was fantastic as well. You could tell this isn't the old Ali where he's got the flashy footwork and everything like that. But he is an Ali that's very crafty uh, in the ring and can still dish out the punishment. What's interesting is uh, uh, what I like about um, boxing movies is the training sequences and we didn't see any of that unfortunately Chuck Webner like a little bit of it when he's really happy he's got a proper gym in the hotel I love that part that that was absolutely fantastic but I love the casting of Ron Perlman as Al as the trainer and he's like really racist he's calling Muhammad Ali like he's misdescribing his name um, mispronouncing his name sorry and everything like that that was all fantastic just a really gritty old school boxing trainer
1: look I I can appreciate the fact that it was like black versus white, if you will. And they were sort of pitching it that way. That was the storyline they were trying to sell. He was the
0: great white hope.
1: Mm. And it's interesting. I think Liev Schreiber does a really good job here. To be honest, I've never seen Ray Donovan, which is his current sort of hit show.
0: Ne- neither have I. Um, I heard it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, my point of reference for Leif Schrieber is, like, you know, as Sabretooth in the Wolverine <laughs> franchise.
0: Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no!
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he's appeared in lots of stuff. 77 credits. It's not as if I've never seen him in anything else, but... But I think he did a really good job in this, and... And, unfortunately, he and Naomi Watts are no longer together, so...
0: Yeah, that was a long-time relationship.
1: Yeah, and they've got kids and stuff, so, um... It's never good, but I suppose they've got something on screen here. They've got kind of, um, I don't know how many shared performances they had across their uh, acting careers. You know, he seems to be hitting like a purple patch, you know. His acting seems to be on point and, you know, can't really fault him. Um, I don't
0: think this will get any Academy Award nods or anything like that.
1: No, and it's I think, past that point. Yeah,
0: and I think it'll just get buried because this is a, a world of superhero movies now. It's, it's, it's very tough for a small film to make it, but I really do hope it does find an audience because this is a gem of a film. Like I think one day people will find it on a streaming service and, oh, what's this? Okay, the guy inspired Rocky, and watch it and find this sweet little movie. Um, but I, again, I, my, my issues with it... Um, it's not a perfect film. It's not a great film, but it is a solid story. It's a solid character-driven story.
1: And uh, how do you rate Pooch Hall versus Will Smith? Um... <laughs> I
0: got Will Smith 100%. Like, Pooch Hall <laughs> did a fantastic job. That was a great Muhammad Ali. Just that brief interview where he's interrupting him and he's starting to pay out Chuck Webner. That was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that, that was really, really well done. But uh, I thought Will Smith, phenomenal, absolutely, well-deserving of that Academy Award nomination.
1: They did cover a lot of his life here and I... I... I liked the fact that they showed us a young Chuck Wepner taking a punch just as a kid. You know that sort of established the kind of neighborhood he was in. The kind of, and I I like that
0: brutal voiceover. Like if you're going to do a New Jersey story, you got to have that accent just screaming in your ears. You know when you watch it, it's just something beautiful about it. It's you know almost like this not not as lyrical as the the Southern American Southern accent, but it's definitely got that that hard bit of flavor. And there's something about the. I guess the weather in that area of America that just adds to the
1: grittiness.
0: <laughs> the fact that mm. it's in the 70s as well—they produce some tough guys out there, that's for sure.
1: If um, this wasn't based on real events, and if Chuck was a film that you were you were just watching, uh, would you do which of the following two sort of uh, endings? Would you give him? Would you have had him become the champion of the world? and defeat Muhammad Ali, or would you have had him find a career in movies and uh, act with, you know, opposite a Stallone type and, you know, find a behind-the-scenes type role and reinvent himself? Which would you prefer to have seen? Like Um, the Rocky-type story or the redemption behind-the-scenes new kind of um, career?
0: I like that Tarantino-esque story where you're flipping history of that idea. <laughs> but um no, I'm I'm definitely I think it's blasphemy to say Muhammad Ali ever loses. Um <laughs> but I, I would definitely go with the movie um area where he becomes a movie actor.
1: And uh, gets eaten by a bear in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I thought that was very cruel. Like I know they've done that quite a lot with circus acts and everything like that, but um where they put a fighter against a bear. But I, I don't I, I'm curious to know how much is the bear hurt in that? Like, um, there's a interesting movie called Semi Pro, starring uh Will uh Will Farrell. Will Farrell. I was about to say yeah. Will Smith because we've been talking about him. Um, yeah. where he um I think he wrestles a uh, a bear um for a charity match for the, his basketball team, and that actually happened. So, uh, I'm I'm just curious to know how much is the bear punished in these situations? Like, I know in Australia we did a lot of the kangaroo boxing, uh, an actual boxer, and I do know they, they actually swung punches at each other, you know, and they'd have to um, clip the claws of the kangaroo because the kangaroo will kick your ass. Like, the kangaroos in Australia, they're really big. They're, they're like Arnold Schwarzenegger muscly as well. Like, they're the, the those kangaroos can out-wrestle you any day of the week, but it, it, I find it very cruel to put boxing gloves on a kangaroo and go, here, try to fight Mike Tyson. That's ridiculous. Come on, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. It's always sort of that spectacle, though, like when, um, you know, you fight Andre the Giant, for example, Um, that cross-promotion, you know, like uh, recently Michael Phelps raced a shark. Did you hear about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, and he lost, didn't he?
1: Yeah, but it was a CGI shark, so really they could do whatever they wanted. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not, yeah, look. (laughs) We won't get into that, but... um, yeah, it was that sort of uh, cross-species, I suppose, um, bear versus man, you know. There's an element of interest and they're just trying to get butts and seats. Oh, that happens
0: somewhere in the world. Some rich sultan has hired some ex-UFC champion and he has to fight three tigers or something like
1: that. That's real gladiator <laughs> sense to it. Yeah. This this film reminded me of Goodfellas too. I got kind of a Goodfellas vibe. Oh, because of the um, voiceover? Because of the voiceover, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted it. to
0: be a boxing champion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ever since I was a kid. <laughs> Tell me, how the fuck am I funny, <laughs> Chuck Webner? <laughs> uh, those are uh, boxing
0: movies I mentioned previously, and I'm going to include The Fighter with Matt Wahlberg. Have you seen any of them? I'll just list them again. Creed, Hands of Stone, Southpaw, Bleed for This, and The Fighter.
1: I've seen some of Southpaw. I've seen some of The Fighter, but I haven't seen the entire films, no.
0: Okay, sure. You've got to see Creed. Creed's fantastic. Um, uh, Yeah, really, really good film. They're making a sequel to that as well, um, which I Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil what that's about because you have to see Creed um, to, to get it but um it's it's just interesting that started this trend of um boxing movies um i think southpaw was pretty successful um i think hands of stone went straight to video or a streaming service which doesn't mean it's a bad thing nowadays okay when i say that um <laughs> and and bleed for this i don't think was a big hit but the fighter was the fighter got an academy award nomination as well so um yeah like uh, it'll be interesting we we we've seen a great academy award nominated movie in The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, fantastic film. I would like to see a UFC film hit that level. And we almost, um, like, I don't, not necessarily win Academy Award or get Academy Award nomination nod, but just a film that's considered a very good movie, almost on par with the Rocky franchise, maybe. Because as UFC... Grows older and older. We're going to get these great narratives that emerges out of them, and you, you know you could tell wonderful stories. I bet. Um, I can't think of any now, but I would, if I was pressured into saying one, I'd go Randy Couture making a movie about him. Um, I think that would be a fantastic story.
1: Chuck Liddell. Yeah, Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, you know Grudge Match from 2013, Rocky versus um, Legend <laughs> <Bald>. Paul? <laughs> that
0: that wasn't that. That's like a a weird. <laughs> if you look at it from an alternative universe, if Rocky Four never happened or past Rocky Four or, or something like that, like it's a weird alternative universe to Rocky, it actually isn't that bad of a movie. Oh, Grudge Match, I think people should definitely check it out. But my, my what's your favorite Rocky movie?
1: I like the original.
0: You like the first one? Good choice. I'm going Rocky Balboa. That's what I always say to people. I love that movie. Just this sweet, small movie where this guy, just old guy, just wants to get back in the ring and, you know, he doesn't win, um, but, you know, just, just gives it all. his all, oh, gosh, gets me every time.
1: <laughs> and uh, Milo Ventimiglia plays his son, and you always sort of assume that when they introduce a grown up son of a character, like with Indiana Jones, you know, Will, they sort of spin that off into like Son of Rocky or something, but uh, they never did, so that was good.
0: I like that speech he gives to his son. That was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, um, again, Warrior is a good one I can plug here in our back catalogue of films. Um, If you're interested in the UFC fighting-type movies, we've covered that one some years ago. And, uh, you know, send us requests on our Facebook or on Twitter. You can find all the links for Podme If You Can, our back catalogue, our YouTube channel. Everything is at podmeifyoucan.com. Let us know what you thought, and uh, if you checked out Chuck, uh, let us know, you know, what you thought of the film. Until next time, we'll speak to you then on Podme If You Can.
0: Hit it. For listening, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod Me if you Can. Movie reviews.